Hello everyone. I hope you are doing well. We are back with another episode of Blitz Business. I hope you will enjoy this podcast. Hi Tanvir, thank you so much for coming over to Blitz Business. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you. Thank you Ashish. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Wonderful. So uh, uh, let's get started then. So Tanvir, if you want to tell us a little bit first about yourself and then we'll talk about your company. Okay. So I think very briefly I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Um I was basically I was born in Lucknow. I belong to one of the largest states in uh, India, UP. uh which has the population equal to that of brazil <laughs> around 200 million uh born in lucknow but i was brought up in the middle east and then after that i did my engineering and management in india and uh, started off my career in uh, 2001 uh i've been uh, part of market research and marketing for a long time uh, i have like about 20 years of experience now uh 11 years of those uh, have been with uh, unilever and uh, the last 5 years uh, or so have been with big where i head marketing for india and uh, big as you know is a french company that operates across uh, three segments or three categories actually uh, which is stationery shavers and lighters Uh, tell us a little bit more about Bic with some of your initial hurdles uh, you know mm-hmm. setting up Bic in India how did you overcome so yeah so i think the journey for Bic and uh, has been uh, a very good one till now uh, even so Bic uh, as a french company has taken over cello stationery uh, business cello pens is a very popular brand name in india um, this brand uh, so to say started off in 1995 uh, it was founded in 1995 uh, just like all good brands at the start of their journey uh, they they chose to sort of like serve a genuine need in the market and uh, uh, the cello stationery business offered many kinds of uh, writing solutions to the uh, students it was a mix of different uh, ink systems and different uh, uh, benefits that are there for writing so they provided pens which had imported inks they had uh, imported tips they had a fine writing experience and uh, uh, they were smooth in their writing and of course they also came out with the innovation of providing grips on the pen so as uh, the students can write comfortably for a longer period of time as well so uh, those were the initial years of cello uh, 1995 and they established some very good brands of pens uh, butterfly and gripper and uh, in about 2015 uh, is when big sort of like took over the brand and since then we have been on a journey to further increase the uh, range with better quality and better performing products that's wonderful to know i think everyone all the listeners can uh, you know correlate with the cello uh, for sure i mean in our childhood days we all have some point in time we have used extensively uh, <laughs> so so uh, uh, so then we tell us a little bit more about how many currently current squs have been and through what all channels uh, do you reach the market so um cello when we began um, let me just give you a setting of the indian market indian market is quite complex uh, in terms of uh, uh, the number of outlets that we have uh, just to give you some data uh india has about 10 million uh, retail outlets 10 million shops 
so to say <laughs> in the country uh, and uh, that's a huge number because uh, for the people who are not based in india the other big country that they usually know about is china <laughs> and china has a similar population to india but it has about 4 million outlets which is uh, 40% of what we have uh, where fmcg products and stationery and everything is sold which is there uh these are all sort of like numbers from the net from nielsen um basically what i'm trying to highlight is that uh, uh the outlets that we have in india are much smaller in size and they're more scattered uh and they are much higher in number as compared to china so the distribution is always a challenge over here in india uh, wholesale has a big role to play distributors and sub distributors have a very big role to play so we have a lot of channel partners through which we reach the general trade Uh, uh population and uh we have cello actually has a very good distribution we have quite close to about 80% valuated distribution uh in stationery and uh, uh what we are now attempting to do is as you know that uh, uh uh the other channels are emerging india is progressing modern trade and e-com are developing we have an omni channel approach so we have to balance our footprint across all channels which is why we have uh, decided to keep our strength in general trade and to build on top of that strength of the modern trade and of the e-com and of uh, institution channel uh, and that's the fo- that's the key focus for us so omni channel growth is a key priority for us mm-hmm. and um, uh, what sort of challenges you know at such a large scale you want when you want to reach 10 million uh, retail outlets so what sort of challenge if you can highlight few of them uh, come in running such a, a massive operation ha uh, so see 10 million outlets is the universe of all outlets obviously we reach to uh, we reach to a subset of that outlet and even big fmcg companies also do not reach directly to many of these outlets one thing is very clear is that you have to leverage your distributor network and you have to leverage wholesale so that is what gives a brand its total uh, uh, strength in trade basically you need to reach out to enough number of retail outlets so that you can generate the pull from those retail outlets and then that pull is of course reflected in wholesale and you are able to build a balanced network which is there uh, it is it's a dream for everyone to have a good distribution in a place like india because what happens is this uh, shops are not very large in numbers uh, in in terms of their size uh, i think over 95% of the shops in india are less than 500 square feet so that's a very uh, those are small shops to service these shops to actually have a direct control over these shops you have to be uh, careful in how much you are investing in reaching the outlet directly because after a certain point in time uh, it may not make as much business sense to reach out to so many number of small shops so you have to uh hand over the responsibility to your channel partners who can efficiently do the job right right yeah. that's very interesting so uh, so tanvir how uh, uh, you know um, uh, uh, please correct me if i'm wrong from hmm. my understanding i mean most of the distribution is offline so how hmm. did you deal with the impact of covid uh, you know hmm. uh, what was the sort of uh, impact on your business Hmm. so uh, ashish uh, covid has been an unfortunate time for uh, uh, all of us there has been impact on many businesses actually during the covid time what uh, what went offline was the education sector also went offline uh, if you can understand that stationery is a very important 
uh, uh, segment which depends on the stationery, uh, which depends on the education sector. And uh, uh, we get a lot of throughput of people and students and teachers uh, writing. Uh, now, because of the schools being closed, the whole category of takes uh, took a dip. And there was a decline in terms of retail offtakes by about 35% in 2020 over 2019. Now, uh, the revival, of course, is looking better. Now we are in a better place. Uh, however, 2020 was more about, uh, like I mentioned, the omni-channel growth. So the first thing that happened was that our other channels of e-com galloped forward. So whatever we were planning to do, it just uh, took a step jump and we were able to make good progress over there. Uh, on the general trade side of it, it was more about trying to work with our channel partners to support them during this def uh, difficult time on how to help them manage their inventory, how to help them manage their credit. To be a pillar of support for them was a key task for us as a company. And uh, now what we have uh, done is that uh, we have tried to sort of like as the country opens up, we are again supporting them and trying to scale up the business so that again we get to the levels that we used to see in 2019. And we are very eager with the schools and the education sector opening up, which should happen in the coming months in India. Mm -hmm. And how do you see, uh, you know, the contribution coming in from both the online and offline channel moving forward? Do you see it will be back to where it was uh, in terms of contribution pre-COVID level or what are your thoughts uh, so, surrounding that? My thoughts would be that uh, general trade is quite resilient and it will pick up to the same level that it used to be at. Um, on the e-com front, definitely it will be much higher as compared to what we were at before. Uh, similarly, with modern trade, it should reach a similar level. Uh, I think the debate is whether the institutions channel, which is basically corporates, and if corporates will go back to the same way of working as they used to in 2019, uh, because if you can understand offices is also an important segment for us in terms of stationery for supplies. So it, is, uh, it has been hypothesized and been mentioned by some of the uh, 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 reports that maybe 20% of the work force will continue to work uh, offline, uh, so remotely, uh, and that will have an impact on, I think, the institutions channel and the corporate supply that we have. But uh, apart from that, I think the rest of the channels should be more or less in the same place where we wanted them to be. So our omni-channel approach should uh, have had a good amount of progress in the past two years. Then. Mm -hmm. And uh, what, what all segments you have seen, is there any shift in buying pattern which you are seeing? Uh, uh, post-pandemic or the current ongoing pandemic in different states, uh, if you have some insights or how things are shaping up for you. Yeah. So uh, stationary is a segment, stationary is a category where you have multiple segments. You have pens, you have mechanical pencils, marking, coloring. Uh, the With the education sector uh, going to uh, either being closed or being on online communication mode, uh, we did a survey with the parents and we realized that they had to invest a lot in terms of the cost for school supplies, whether it be purchasing phones or tablets for the education uh, of their kids online and even more so on the role that they have to play at home as a tutor. 
so they had to balance that uh, part um in terms of the positives i think the parents also mentioned that they had a good quality time with their kids and kids were able to during this time express themselves creatively uh because a lot of uh, uh, a lot of products that we saw the sales uh, jump were the art and craft segment so kids of course being trapped at home uh, have nothing to do uh, they they reached out to art and craft and we have a art and craft range that did well during this time and it grew very well uh, we also supported the same thing with our communication uh, during this pandemic time it was more about empathy not about uh uh selling the product or making the sale but it was more about giving reassuring messages that we are with our students and parents and teachers during this time uh difficult time and uh, uh we have uh, we have some of our art and coloring kits that sold very well in addition to that we had a tie up with disney on a diy program called disney imagine that where uh, we showcase different activities that can be done at home on art and craft so overall that has been our sort of like take on the pandemic and how we want to support the parents and the teachers and the students during this time wonderful uh, i think that uh, that's uh, one of the point i can also correlate very well because during the mm. pandemic i myself have bought many art and craft material <laughs> <laughs> i think artist in everyone sort of uh, you know um, uh, became alive and it was like okay <laughs> yes yes so, ashish i think what uh, we stand for uh, what we stand for is the joy of expression and uh, the joy of expression is about expressing who you are and that we believe can be done through either a pen in terms of writing or a whatever you want to do uh, and the other way it can be done is through art and craft so there is a creativity part of it and then there is a writer that is there so uh, that's something that we stand for and we have seen that uh, stationery is not only limited to students and kids it uh, it th- there is a stationery geek in every one of us uh, as uh, in some way or the other no absolutely i completely agree with you tanvir i mean uh, uh, it's a different altogether different feeling when you are writing your thoughts down uh, mm-hmm. express and you know the expressing uh, in different formats be there art and craft uh, uh, penning down your thoughts and it's a different feeling altogether which i think it will be very difficult to replace with the digital world absolutely uh, so so uh, my next my next sort of uh, uh, you know question will be so what sort of changes do you see in the education sector post the pandemic you know uh, and how is big uh, big cello helping in shaping this particular uh, education sector mm-hmm. so over here ashish i would like to talk about two three things one is the overall landscape in india uh, in india we have a very large education sector we have a long way to go we are a young population we have close to about 314 million students in india and 314 million is a very large number it's actually the uh, fourth largest country in the world you know so you have 1.3 billion people who live in china another 1.3 billion roughly that live in india and you have us after that which has a population of 323 million approximately and can you imagine that after that the largest number in the world can be 314 million students indian students who can make a country of their own wow. going forward we see that 
there is an agenda of from the government to get more and more kids into school we roughly see if you take a look at the census data that we will getting we will be getting an enrollment of around 4 million to 5 million students every year will be coming into the education sector and that's a substantial number that we will be adding that is what will lead to the growth in the education sector as well as in on stationery uh, we have a lot of work to do in the station in the education sector on on the on the school front on on some of the infrastructure bit and on some of the skillings of the students and the teachers as well so uh, as a stationery uh, brand we are very keen on sort of like uh, supporting the students on their journey of learning we believe that pens are not a medium of expression pens are also um, a tool for learning so when you write something you process the information longer you are able to remember it better so it's not only a tool that expresses yourself it also is a tool that helps you learn better now if you take a look at it uh, we have done some uh, 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 campaigns in the past and we uh, we had a school contact program that was running called write to win which sort of like showcased what are the kind of things that you can achieve if you focus on handwriting and on learning skills and the reason we wanted to talk about that was because we see that a students a lot of students go through a lot of exam pressure uh, it's a very competitive environment we are a country of 1.3 billion people uh, we obviously have a lot of education to go through and we need to generate a lot of employment so there is a lot of competition per se so uh, we want to ease this whole exam pressure bit which is why in our right to win Uh, school contact program we had created modules that sort of like emphasize how you can learn better through handwriting and through learning techniques we had uh, uh, contacted and we had trained about 600000 students across 1500 schools before the pandemic happened i think as the pandemic rolls away from us and we head into the future we'll choose to bring this program back so it's something that is uh, something that we really believe in and we want to uh, pursue it the second thing is of course uh, we want to constantly be in touch with our consumer uh, and so we have key occasions and key uh, days in the year which we sort of like target where we have a conversation with them and uh, that is the way we want to sort of like take the entire thing forward um, in summary we see a lot of uh, scope in terms of the education sector it will develop very well uh, hopefully more and more students will enroll and hopefully more and more students will continue to finish their education all the way to secondary and graduation and uh, this is uh, this is something that we want to do in terms of helping them upskill uh, uh, for better performance and how do you uh, deal with uh, you know for example there are many new age um, uh ed tech companies which are coming into the picture where a lot of content and material now is going mm -hmm. online mm -hmm. so what what kind of impact do you see coming in or uh, what are your thoughts on that mm. so i think uh, ashish what is happening is happening for the best a lot of the ed tech companies have their own uh, point of view on what to learn there are different topics that they teach very well that's part of it we also believe that we the space that we are we are operating in is a general learning for life you know 
So given any particular topic, it doesn't matter whether it's physics, whether it's maths, whether it's something else. There are learning techniques that you can apply to learn topics and that can apply to you or me as well. So, for example, if you take a look at one of the techniques called mind maps. Now, mind maps can help you learn a particular topic in a particular way and it need not be only under chemistry or physics or biology, whichever it is there. So, learning is a lifelong process and that should continue. Obviously, the edtech uh, companies help solve a different problem. They are dealing with different topics which are there and that's how they will make a place. Uh, the edtech platforms are there to solve a particular need and uh, a particular, uh, they have a particular objective. We ourselves uh, believe that learning is a lifelong process and we will continue to explore general learning techniques which can help anybody, not, not only people who are in school, but even outside school or outside the education sector to learn better. How, how do you currently, you know, uh, differentiate yourself from the other brands? Mm -hmm. So, um, Ashish, what we what we do is that uh, every brand has its own journey. Every brand has a different task. There are different players in the market. They have different challenges and they have different objectives. Uh, I would like to say that our journey is uh, that of uh, two parts. We want to have a discussion with the consumer. Uh, we communicate with the consumer. One part is called information uh, and the other part is called conversation. So uh, we choose to inform them of our new product, new product launches, the benefits of our products, which is done through our regular ad campaigns, which are there. The other part is the conversation part is what I was talking to you about is having a conversation on how learning techniques can help you, how writing techniques can help you, uh, what are the kind of things that you should do to manage exam pressure, what are the kind of things that we can do to help each other out. Uh, those are the kind of conversations that we will have with the consumer. So we have built our brand architecture in a particular way and different products stand for different benefits. Through those benefits, we talk to them in terms of tangibly what we can do for them. Got it. Got it. And uh, uh, um, any, any new product launches or any new thing uh, uh, which... Uh, is coming up if you want to like to comment so i think what we have done is we have recently launched our art and craft range it's not uh, it's not been very long and we will continue to build and scale that up uh, apart from this we have a lineup of some interesting campaigns that are under the uh, under works and they will be launched in the coming months we'll focus on that one um, in terms of new product launches the Cello portfolio is a very vast portfolio. It has pens for every need actually. Uh, so you have pens which have fine writing, you have pens which have bold writing, you have various benefits which are there. So we will aim to sort of like uh, plug any gaps in our portfolio in the coming future and we'll launch new products accordingly. Um, India is a very interesting market uh, as compared to the global markets as well. Uh, the portfolio and the writing segment plays a different role over here. The preference in India, I'm just giving you an example, is that of a fine writing pen, but a smooth writing pen. Uh, and the concept of fine writing pens comes in India because a lot of regional languages are written. So a lot of intricate fonts need to be made. So if you see that most of the pens that you find in India will be mostly fine writing as compared to outside where it will be bold writing. Bold writing does not matter as much when the line is a little thicker when you're writing English 
but when you write regional languages and asian languages then fine writing does have a role to play so we take a look at the portfolio from the point of view of the consumer and we try and fill ever fill the gaps that are there in the portfolio and the uh, fulfill the needs of our consumers oh that's a very interesting fact as i was totally unaware of uh, that's good to know <laughs> uh, uh, and um, how do you see you know uh, the what are the major segments or driver for growth uh, uh, for this post pandemic scenario coming in so on on the growth front uh, it is uh, it is going to be a very interesting uh, landscape uh, i i foresee that we will come back to uh the same growth drivers that we were seeing over a period of time uh india is of course a young country so it will continue to grow uh we see that there will be more education there will be more employment uh, another thing that is happening in india is of course that uh, uh there is a lot of urbanization that is happening a lot of uh, people moving from the smaller or the rural areas to the cities so you will have more number of households and you will have more affluent number of households and all of this is what will lead to the growth in most of the categories uh if same is there for stationery as well with more education more employment and more affluent households people will be looking for more uh, uh, uh more products that provide better performance and better value so i don't think that uh, uh, it will be the same thing that as uh, as the education sector grows the people who are the most uh, discerning in terms of their product choices are the students and uh, as uh, as the education sector grows there will be a high requirement for stationary products that are not just cheap but they provide the right level of performance and provide a good value oh that's wonderful uh, and if i can ask you tanvi what are your personal favorite stationary items <laughs> so i'm i i i'm quite traditional that ways i i write with a ball pen and uh, i aim to write a page every day it does not matter what the topic is i sit down in the evening and whether they be thoughts or reflections of the day or something that i found which was something which was weird or something that was funny i tend to write, write about it that's uh, as a hobby which is something which i try and pursue wow i, th- I think that's a very uh, excellent habit I, i i do try so in in my personal uh, experience uh, i have a memory of an aunt if i can say so i so i need to write very frequently mm. <laughs> to make sure i don't forget things so, no it's very uh, important like they say if you want clarity just start writing <laughs> it, yes. it will come to you <laughs> yes absolutely i mean um, i think that's one of the very interesting uh, phenomena i've also observed for myself uh, you know when you have so much so many thoughts going on in your head and once you write it down you know mm. uh, it just eases off and, and and the clarity as you mentioned right automatically comes in uh, absolutely um uh, that's wonderful uh, uh, tanveer uh, so uh, to wrap it up i wanted to ask you one of my favorite questions so um if you know uh, in terms of it could be uh, touching upon any front for example strategy wise uh, in execution or uh, any of the front you can pick mm-hmm. um what would you have done differently you know uh, if you were to restart a strategy restart a particular campaign restart uh, anything new knowing uh, what you have done uh, in the past i think 
one common thing which i would like to point out is that uh, sometimes if i take a look at some of the actions that we have taken in the past some of the things that have led to our growth uh, i just feel that sometimes we take a lot more time thinking about it and trying to perfect it uh, while i think it's better to sort of like go with a good enough solution at time uh, there was a there is a saying by si- uh, i think simon sinek he says that better is better than the best because best is a sort of like a destination but doing things better is a habit and as long as you are doing and working on something and you are doing it better than the one that you did it last time then you should just go ahead and implement it don't keep crafting it to make it the best because that is not going to happen so i would have if i if i were to sort of like rethink some of my campaigns i would have saved a little bit more time and launch them earlier and take in action more quickly mm-hmm. uh, absolutely i think i totally agree with you on this i think uh, it's uh, it's very important to start and then iterate over instead of aiming for the perfection and then uh, 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 taking the decision etc i think uh, uh, thinking and decision making is an iterative process so um, absolutely yeah then uh, we yeah um, any any trivia any facts anything you want to add for our listeners to uh, um, think about or share if anything uh, tanvir no i think uh, i think i would just urge everybody to uh, sort of like uh, look at what what is important to them um, like i said we stand for joy of expression uh, i can tell you one thing for a fact that if you try and figure out who you are and express yourself you will definitely uh, you will definitely be successful so just want to nudge everybody to move in the direction to figure out who you are and express yourself I think that's great to end uh, our podcast. Thank you so much, Tanvi, for your time. It was really a pleasure talking to you and understand uh, uh, so many details, insight uh, uh, into this particular business segment and learn, you know, how things are shaping up. Uh, and wish you really all the success uh, in the coming uh, future. Thank you, Ashish. That's very kind of you. It was a pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening. We will be back with another episode of Blitz Business. Stay tuned.